in a hypothetical situation. Okay. Person B thinks person A, me, is the one. Mm -hmm. I know as person A saying, I'm not looking for the one. Mm. So I already know you're not the one. Or you may be the one, but it doesn't matter because I'm not looking. You're not there. Yeah. So we'll play. And you're hoping to make me the one. But that outcome is not on the table. It's not on the table. Yeah, I like you, but I don't like you like that. And I never will like you like that. But you're going to keep trying to make me like you like that. Mm-hmm. It's not going to work. Yeah. You're going to lose. I feel like what you're describing is like a very analytical description of like a fuck boy or a fuck girl. States and heartbreak. So I'm really excited to have another in-person guest. And so David Zeff, a former podcast guest, he's actually kind of now taken on the honorary role of guest booker because he's now recommended not one, but two guests. And today I'm really honored to welcome Roland. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah. So um, I would love to hear a little bit about how you know David Zeff. At this point, I know it's very intimately. Yeah. So... David currently is my roommate. <laughs> so he lives with us. No, no, he's he's my brother-in-law. So I've known David since he was 12. 12? 12. I didn't know that you've known Jamie that long. Oh yeah, it's Wow. A long time. So Oh my I, gosh. The first time I <laughs> I saw David, he was playing in the parking lot with Caitlin, oh. his sister, bouncing a volleyball and two black dudes roll up. And me being one of them, I'm like, hey, um, I, I tell my guy in the car, I say, hey, that's definitely Jamie's brother and sister. And so I say, hey, is Jamie in the house? And they just look at us like, uh... And they're like, I know how to answer this. <laughs> one moment, and they run in the house. <laughs> and she comes out, and she's like, there's some black guys looking for you outside. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, yeah, I've known, I've known David for, like, was it he's 30 31 31 31 this year yeah Yeah, so you know 18 damn over half his life oh yeah easy wow that's crazy so yeah so when we first connected about Mm. you know the podcast and what we wanted to talk about i know one of the key themes was like dating as an elder millennial elder and so (laughs) elder millennial not elder not elder in like the grand scheme of i myself i feel like i'm an elder millennial you know Mm. Millennials go down to like 24. Maybe I'm like a mid-millennial. I guess. Midlife. Yeah. Mid-millennial crisis. Yes. (laughs) If we kind of like normalize this, right? Yeah. Yeah. So if you're comfortable sharing, how old are you? Oh, you don't see these grades, right? (laughs) So I'm 38 years old. Okay. So like right there on the cusp. Yeah. I was literally talking in the car about this with my man Preston. I said like, really... Depending on how the wind blows, I can like really straddle like Gen <laughs> X versus millennial. Mm-hmm. And the concept around like which generation you're part of is kind of like it's so weird, it's amorphous, right? It like, is. like I'm born in 83, someone mm-hmm. who's born in 83, they're a millennial, right? Technically, by, yeah, by definition, but 
that doesn't mean that you really espouse like millennial values or whatever the case may be. So I'm millennial by definition. (laughs) By technicality. Yeah, by technicality. (laughs) I don't, I don't know. What does millennial mean? I don't know because I feel like it's negative, I will say. And I'm sure if you were to interview any generation, they would say they're unfairly categorized. But I feel like the older generations give us crap because it's like they're lazy, they're entitled, they don't stay in the same job for more than like a year without wanting to get promoted. Like I think that's how the older generation defines us. And I feel like the younger generation defines us as being like really cringy and like not having good social media presence and building our identities off of things like Harry Potter. And the sad thing is like all of these criticisms that I'm saying from both sides, I'm like, I see why they exist. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, all criticisms I think start off in fact, at least. Sure. I mean, Legit, my buddy Preston said those exact things that you said. So I was like, yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah, like, so it all checks out. So I only brought it up because Mm -hmm. related to dating, you know, I feel like what age you are really impacts the way that you date. So like when we were talking, you were saying, obviously, you met David's sister, Jamie, in person. Mm -hmm. And it was really like, it wasn't even like, oh, we happened to meet in person, even though I was on the apps. You just weren't dating on the apps whatsoever. Right. I mean... They existed, but you had to pay for them. And, you know, like, being 18, you're not about to pay to be on an app. No. So I'm like, nah, I'm good. Like, Yeah. Especially if it's not the main way that people your age are meeting. I feel like it was probably seen as more desperate. Yeah. Maybe desperate. Because at at that time, it wasn't really normalized. And when I say at that time, this was like early 2000s, right? Oh, yeah. It was definitely not normalized. You were like 10, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy to think about. Low key, right? I agree. It wasn't even normalized, I would say, until after I graduated from college. So, like 2012 and beyond. And I feel like even in 2012, people are like, what is this? Right. Yeah. Right. So, this was, I mean, the primary way people were still like meeting people was offline. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, the only people who had fast internet were those who were like (laughs) at a university, (laughs) right? Like, downloading. Stuff off LimeWire or oh, whatever, Lime Kazaa yeah. or whatever, yeah. right? Shout out to Napster. Uh, <laughs> Gen like, Z has yeah. already like turned off the podcast. They're like, what are like, these things? What are these things? <laughs> Hit the Wikipedia and you'll find it out, right? So like, yeah, it was, it was just a whole different era back then. Yeah. So I'd love to hear about like what stage you were in when you met Jamie, how you met, how things kind of evolved. So what stage? So I just finished my freshman year in college. Though finish is kind of a strong word. I didn't do too well my freshman year of college. A whole bunch of reasons why. Mm-hmm. That's for like a whole another episode that can take <laughs> like an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was in the dorms uh, in the summertime after freshman year, uh, picking up some mail. And I was there with one of my buddies at the time. And Jamie was doing summer school mm-hmm. at the university. Mm-hmm. And so she was checking her mail at the same time, too. And she was with her roommate. And her roommate started talking to my friend. Wow. And Jamie came up to me and said, hi, I'm Jamie. And I was like, hey. (laughs) I didn't really, like, at that time, I was so, like, into music and all Mm. that stuff. Like, I didn't really care about anything else. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, I liked girls, obviously, but that wasn't really, like... Not your priority. Yeah, I was just like, hey, hi, nice to meet you, whatever. Yeah. Right? 
And she was nice. And obviously, at the time, it didn't really mean anything, but we kept bumping into each other. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was in a fraternity, mm-hmm. right? And we would bump into each other at the parties and we mm-hmm. had some pledges in our hall. And so I would go to the hall to talk with the pledges, hang out or what have you. And mm-hmm. one of the pledges literally lived right across the hall from wow. her. So I'm at the hall and I say, yo, who's that girl all the way down there? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, that's Jane. I did not remember her <laughs> from wow. like when I met her in the summer. Yeah. So, but she remembered me. She just indulged me the whole time. So I go uh-huh. in there and I'm like, hey, and I, I just walk into a room and I throw my CD on, like, hey, listen to this. What? What a yeah. move. Yeah. Let's... Oh, my God. <laughs> it was so cheese. smooth. Super cheese. Now, I mean, it's smooth, but, like, low-key cheese at the same I mean, time. yeah. But, I mean, it worked. <laughs> There's overlap. So, so, at the end of the day, like, I think the degree to which it's cheesy is to the degree that you couldn't accomplish the move, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. if you fumbled and did all this stuff, then it didn't work. But it worked. So, yeah. I don't know what she was thinking in her head. She was probably like, this guy. Um, but she <laughs> indulged me. And um, from then on, we just kind of kept bumping into each other. And yeah, um, yeah, that's that's how we originally met. That's a great story. And it kind of answers one of the questions that I had as a follow-up, which is sure. like, I know on the phone initially you mentioned like it wasn't romantic right away. Yeah. Like it grew over time. Right. And so it's kind of interesting to hear about how you broached going from it just being like casual run-ins to, oh, I'm going to take this to the next level and determine if they are even interested in a romantic connection. And I think just, you know, like comparing meeting in person, which people still do obviously today to a lesser degree, but they still do. Like comparing in person, there is a lot more guesswork versus on an app. You're like, okay, well, we're both attracted to each other if we both decided to match. So was there any hesitation as you were deciding if you were going to make this smooth slash cheesy move? (laughs) No, not at all. Like, so I think, well, first and foremost, if you hesitate, you're not going to do it. Like, so you just have to, you just have to go all in. Right. But to extend from that, it's like, I think at the end of the day, Mm -hmm. when you meet someone in person, there's no, there wasn't anything that said, oh, this is going to be my future wife. No. Or this is even going to be my girl. Right. It's just like, oh, I think she's pretty i'm gonna go talk to her and just see what happens yeah right so in some ways you know there is some similarity with what's on the application true and i think that that's actually what the main difference is is on an app there's hundreds Mm -hmm. of in my case women right that are available so you can just click and send a generic message and whatever yeah but and this gets to the skin in the game part. Mm-hmm. When you are in person, like there's a legit risk, right? Oh, yeah. of either making a fool of yourself <laughs> or being successful in whatever kind of introduction that you're doing. Yeah. Right. So because that risk is there, you're beholden to having a certain outcome. Yeah. Right? Because you're like, okay, if I'm going to risk this, then I'm going to make sure that I approach the situation in some sort of manner that was thoughtful. That's true. Right? But if it's on an app, it's just like, whatever, I can recycle the same message over yeah. and over and it's just a numbers game. It's fish in the sea. Let's cast the net and see what happens. That's so true. And it's like, yeah, you don't even have to deal with the rejection potentially because right. if they reject you, by the time they've 
even seen your profile and decided not to match, you've probably forgotten about them and you're on to the next profile. Yeah. You're like, or even if you didn't forget, you're like, hey, I really wish she would have hit me up, but there's like five of her here. Yeah. Right? So those people become less of a person, Mm -hmm. right? They're just some face on some digital screen. Yeah. Right? They're a data point. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So... It, it, I think that that's kind of the difference there. Agreed. Right? Agreed. So I know you have a lot of thoughts about online dating, which we've already started to dive into. I sure. would just love to get like your overall perspective of online dating. I guess to make it more personal. Sure. Let's say you hadn't met Jamie, the love of your life. Let's sure. say you were online dating. What do you think your approach would be? And how do you think it oh, would have impacted easy. the way that you date? Oh, pure numbers. Yeah. Pure numbers. Like, <laughs> it, it's unfathomable. Like, I would have wrote a script to just send stuff out yeah. and just watch everything come in my, my mailbox and say, all right, that didn't work. I would A-B test yeah. my messages. Yes. Like, no, so it, it would totally be a script. Yeah. Like, that wouldn't stop me from going out in person. Yeah, yeah, totally. But, I mean... <sighs> Let's be real. Like, the numbers are there. Like, when you're, like, back in the day. Back in the day, (laughs) So, like, back in my day. No, like, if you were single, like, and you wanted to play, like, you had to do the work. Oh, yeah. Right? So, like, you had to make yourself presentable. You had Mm -hmm. to, like, do all this extra stuff, right? Nowadays, you might not even have to do that. Yeah. Right? Like, so, it's a cold game. Like, today... If you're a savvy person and you understand the rules of the game, mm-hmm. like, it's kind of easy. It's like fish in a barrel. Yeah. Right? So, like, if it were me today, like, I would still go out and do all those things, but I'd probably be attached at the hip, too, mm-hmm. with the apps. And I think that that's actually the problem. Oh, yeah. Right? The critique about millennials, which is generally true, is that the need for instant gratification Mm -hmm. and the systems that we're in allow for that instant gratification. Yeah. So why would I be any different Mm -hmm. to tap into that instant gratification, especially if you know that you hit a certain amount of people in the mailbox, Mm -hmm. there's some sort of lag effect. So if I do like 20 last week, I might get four of them the upcoming week. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And depending on what I feel like, whether I'm just looking for, you know, like some fun, Mm -hmm. right? And not necessarily some relationships or whatever. Yeah. That's fine by me. Yeah. Four different ones every week. Like, (laughs) that's... That sounds pretty great. Yeah. yeah, Like, so, okay, figure out the most efficient way to make that happen and then Mm -hmm. go about your day. And then if it's that easy, then it's almost like, well, why would I do anything different than this? Yeah. Yeah, I think it really does contribute to, like, the complacency for sure. So I guess, like, do you hear that from friends you know that are online dating? Like, are they self-aware enough to kind of realize, like, yeah, it is a numbers game. You just kind of have to put yourself out there. Or do you think that people are still kind of romanticizing the process? Both. Mm -hmm. I think the people that romanticize a process don't understand how this works. (laughs) Like, that's, that's, that's how I think. I think... If you want different results, you kind of have to just remove yourself from that system. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying you can't find success online. Absolutely, you could. Yeah. 
but you have to filter through a whole lot of stuff because you got to find someone who's looking for the same thing you are. Yes. Yeah. And how do you do that? What's the criteria? Mm-hmm. So it's going to depend on which environment you're in. And those environments are based on the application. Yep. It's unlikely you're going to find someone for the long haul on Tinder. It can happen. It can. Yeah. Well, obviously it can happen. It can happen on any yeah. app. But yeah. That's not what that's there for now. Yeah. Or so I'm told. I don't know. Yeah. Right? So, you know, like, it's different. It is different. It's funny you bring up like, yeah, you're not going to find certain people on certain apps. Because literally yesterday I was reading through this Reddit thread. I like never look at Reddit unless it's mm. about dating content. And there's like a Hinge forum. And so someone was complaining about Hinge and like the fact that they have this new Rose feature and like the validity of that. And so, part of the... I don't want to interrupt oh, you. Yeah. What is Hinge? What is the... Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so on, I please. will dive into that. So I actually met my current boyfriend on Hinge. Okay. Hinge was my favorite app. And so the ones that I would use, I actually started on Tinder and I knew okay. that it had a bad reputation, but I remember I was kind of like scared to go on the apps and I was like, this one seems like the lowest hanging fruit. It's like the sure. easiest way to dip your toe in. That's it. Yeah, exactly. And I will say, like, not to, you know, get too off topic, but the first few people I met on Tinder, they were, like, looking for serious things. So to your point, you never know. Like, you can find people who are interested in different relationship outcomes on any app. So I liked Hinge the best. Um, I was on Tinder. I was on Hinge. I tried to use Bumble, but, like, Bumble wasn't really my jam. You have to reach out first if you're the woman. And I feel like... I would really take my time to like tailor my intros to whatever the guy's profile said or like be funny and not too serious. I didn't really get that much luck from there. I don't think I ever went on a single date from Bumble. So Hinge wound up being the most successful for me, like even before meeting my boyfriend. And what I like about it is that it's not swiping to see if you match with someone. Mm -hmm. Whereas for Tinder and Bumble, I feel like they're kind of gamified in a way because sometimes you might be like, I don't know if I'm interested in this person, but I'm curious if they liked me. So I'll swipe right just to see if they swipe right too. Sure. With Hinge, it is a little more intentional because you see profiles and the profiles are a mix of pictures and prompts. If you see a profile you like, you can click on the heart button and you can, let's say you came across Jamie's profile. Mm. You could be like, oh, I really like this picture with her and her like sister and brother. And you could click a heart specifically for that. Or if you liked a prompt, you could heart one specific prompt. And then if you like it, you can just like it and then go about your way or it gives you the option to add a comment sure introducing yourself so i think it's a little more intentional and then if someone likes you they go into your queue of people who've liked you and you can go into that queue and be like do i like this person yes or no versus being like oh i wonder if they liked me if that makes sense that makes sense yeah makes sense um all right. That sounds like it works. <laughs> they, yeah. They probably make a lot of money. Yeah. yeah. And I think the complaint that I was seeing on Reddit was they have this new thing and it's called standouts. And the standouts are the profiles of the, like the most attractive people, of course. Sure. And you get one rose a week and you can only match with the standouts by sending them a rose. So if you like, like use a bachelor. A, exactly. It's oh, okay. so cheesy. So people are complaining about that. And then people are also saying like, yeah, I feel like on Hinge, it used to be relationship oriented. And now it's just a bunch of fuck boys on there, just like any yeah. other app. So I kind of like went on this long tangent, but really just to say it's like, 
it just seems like everyone is going to kind of like eventually filter into all of the apps, no matter what their initial intent or branding was. Yeah, numbers. Yeah, yeah, right? exactly. They're like, oh, there's a new app. Why can't I go over here and meet more people there? Even right. if it's a relationship app, in theory. Right, because a lot of these people are across multiple apps anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so, the worst too, when you would see like, like the God same damn, people. I just seen you over there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How's that work, right? Yeah, right? Yeah. And also there was like the game of figuring out like how do I tailor my profile for Hinge or Bumble or I think kind of like how you were mentioning A-B testing I'd be like okay well how is this picture performing over here right. if it performs well maybe I'll bring it over to the other half. you legit have to have analytics right mm-hmm. You're like, hmm, okay we see that the median click or hover over my profile has been <laughs> x minutes like you know yeah it's like wow relax I you know, know. it's dating so for the listeners, David Zeff's other sisters, Caitlin, and I interviewed her last week. And so she has a friend who did a dating spreadsheet to track all of her Jesus. dates. I think there were like 40 dates that she ended up Sounds going horrible. on. And I kind of did some research on that, too. It's more common than you would think. Like, one woman has a whole TikTok series about, like, the data. And it'll literally have comments like, did I have sex with them? How many dates did we go on? Like, Jesus. was there attraction? It was very detailed and she kind of went into like if we went on a second date we were x percentage likely to go on a third date she really went hard does she have like a machine learning model on top of that as well you know she worked in tech so i feel like she probably utilized some like proprietary software for her own personal life gosh run it through python (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh that's yeah. Sounds horrible. I know. It just, this is what I do for a living. And that sounds, that sounds horrible. It's like, honestly, because I think to your point, yeah, you can't romanticize it too much. But at that point, you've taken all the romance out of it, I think. And it's like a job. It's not fun anymore. Well, think about it. You're doing all the things that, like, my dad was not running regression models on how to get my mom. Yeah. Right? I'm sure your parents weren't doing the same thing. Exactly. Yeah. Right? So... You're doing all the things that past people who are successful at this did not do. And you're not successful. Yeah. Just think about that. Like, these (laughs) people are doing all the things that past people did not do, and they're not seeing success from it. Yeah. And they're wondering why. Like, you're reinventing the wheel. Why are Mm -hmm. you doing this? Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. Why are you doing this? Like. Go out there, bump into somebody at the grocery store. I know. Uh, you know, just say hi. How are you? Like, put yourself out there. Yeah. Yeah. Skin in the game. Skin in the game. So, kind of going back to like people you know who are mm-hmm. dating. Like, I know you said there's a mix. Like, some are, you know, really viewing it from a numbers game perspective. Some of them still have that romantic perspective. Do you find that your friends online dating are pretty successful? Do they have their own frustrations? Hmm. So, I don't know if any of my friends have been successful with online dating. Wow. Most of the people that I know who are in long-term relationships, either getting married or planning to get married, mm-hmm. did not meet online. Yeah. I, I don't... <laughs> it, it's, it's it's a cold game. I don't know. Now, obviously, it's anecdotal, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, of course, like, there's people who have met online they have happy lives mm-hmm. they're breeding children they're doing all these things right yeah. like it's very clear like those yeah. things exist but my bias is showing that <laughs> i think that going out and meeting people holding court yeah like you'll be more successful that way wow i 
I fundamentally believe that. Okay, so I'd love to dive into why. Because to your point earlier, you have access to a seemingly unlimited amount of people. Sure. We've started to dive into like, yes, these people are expendable. But in theory, if you do match with someone, you do connect with them, there's like a mutual attraction there. Why do you think that isn't converting to relationships to the same degree that like in-person meetings are? Because I can find someone better than you. Like, that's fundamentally what it is. Like, it didn't take much for me to get you. Mm. So, all right, I'll spin the wheel again and see. <laughs> like, it's like, oh my God. Eh, that's like, so let's, sad. let's see, let's see what happens. Yeah. Like, and if, you know, I spin the wheel like a couple times, I can't find, I'll double back and come get you. Wow. Like, point blank. Yeah. Back in the days, you couldn't really. Do that. Like it's, it's <laughs> if a they're risk. gone, they're gone. It's yeah. a risk. Like, eh, they're not. But you're not having success online. So, uh, oh I mean, I, I'll double back. And like, now that you bring it up, there were so many times where, like, you know, I would never unmatch people. I know some people will do that to, like, clear their queue or whatever sure. their reasoning is. I would just keep my old matches. And sometimes someone would reach out three months later, four months back. later. And I'm like, are you serious? Yeah, I'm serious. <laughs> what, you, what you mean I'm serious? Like, yeah, I'm serious. I guess for me, I never met up with any of those people. I was like, once it's, it's over, it's enough. over. I it's guess. Like, I mean, look, I that's how I feel. Like, I think, like, at the end of the day, it's like, if it's that easy, all I have to do is push a button and you're here. Yeah. So I'll do it again. So it's kind of like paradox of choice in a way. Yeah, too many. Yeah. My mom used to always tell me this. So when I was a baby, she would, instead of asking me what I wanted to wear, mm-hmm. she would bring out two shirts, <laughs> two pairs of shorts, and two pairs of socks. Wow. And she would let me choose between this constrained choice set. Yeah. Right? If you have too many things to choose from, then you make suboptimal choices because mm. there's just too much. Wow, It's yeah. too much there. Yeah. So back to what we were just talking about, I find someone that I really, really like. I'm just like, eh, <laughs> I could do better. Yeah. But maybe you can't. Yeah. But I you think, think I can, you can. Because it was just easy. Yeah. But if you met them in person and you vibed and all that stuff, like it just felt right. Whereas mm-hmm. with the app, like it was like, oh, it, it just felt so much easier. Like, you know? Yeah. Wow. Your mom was ahead of her time. That's genius. Oh, yeah. She's... she's She's a smart one. Yeah. Okay, so how do you feel about, like, you know, there are some apps like The League, for example, or, like, Coffee Meets Bagel. I don't know what The League is. Uh, (laughs) I guess you don't have to tell me. No, no, no. I think it's good context. Like, not everyone has used it. I used it briefly. Sure. It started out in a way where I think it was trying to be very selective. You could only join if you linked your LinkedIn profile. The League? Mm Mm-hmm. Like... Like the football league, like I don't know. Like, I, just, like I feel like it's trying sports. to be like a secret society ish wow. vibe because they wanted to brand it as like only professionals, and you're not going to get scrubs. So you would wow. like link your LinkedIn profile, sure, and you get like three matches a day or something, or like coffee meets bagel. That one I never used, but I know, I know you about get that, one. that one's a little Shout older. Out to <laughs> yes, yeah. and I think you only get limited matches there. So do you feel like that would be enough to combat that feeling that? There's better out there. So I can't speak definitively. Like, I don't know. I'm sure that there's some metric on these apps that they say this works for a better long-term matching mm-hmm. type of deal. 
ultimately what we're doing is we're building systems, right? Yeah. And we're building systems that incentivize some sort of human behavior. Sure, yeah, maybe it, it does do that. But let me back up a little bit. I think that meeting people in person works better for a certain type of person. Oh. So like what's that type? M- like myself. Okay. Like okay. I'm a relatively outgoing person. I feel like I'm, you know, kind of charismatic, like whatever. Mm-hmm. So for me, going out to meet people, even though there's skin in the game, mm-hmm. it may not be as much as somebody who's in the house who may not have that confidence in themselves or yeah. whatever. So going online is easier for them yeah. because it takes so much to put themselves out there yeah. in person, mm-hmm. right? I would also contend, though, that at the end of the day, you still have to meet somebody in person. So yeah, you're going to have to do that work <laughs> either way. True. But it just becomes easier for them. So maybe they seek refuge in how easy it is. So they don't feel like they have to be as involved in it as they would mm-hmm. otherwise. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. So I have to kind of, you know, backtrack now with some female perspective. Sure. And... Obviously, this is a gender stereotype. I think that women should be just as empowered to approach men. Absolutely. However, there are men who might be more old-fashioned. There are women who might be more old-fashioned. Sure. I myself, I'm like a pretty extroverted person. Like sometimes when I was single, when I was going out, sometimes I would like talk to guys. But very rarely, I feel like more so would be like my approach would be like asking a question and then seeing if they were interested to continue the conversation. I'm not going to like shoot my shot. So I think also... Online dating might be more helpful for maybe women who don't put themselves out there as much or like maybe don't seem as approachable, even if they are interested in meeting someone in person. And I think you should work on that. Like, I don't think you should just be like, well, no one ever approaches me. I think you should kind of like reflect on why that is. Yeah, absolutely. But just saying like in the interim, you know, like if you're just like, oh, I go out and I'm working on this, but I'm still not meeting that many guys in person. Guys aren't coming up to me. I do think the apps can kind of help in the period of time while you're still fixing that does that change the outcome though that's really the question right Mm -hmm. so if the outcome is you want to have like a long-term relationship is it getting that for you when you say it you mean like being on the apps yeah is 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 being on the apps helping you achieve the outcome that you're striving for maybe not but let's say you aren't getting that many in-person dates is it better to kind of wait for those in-person dates or to go on the other dates so at least you remain comfortable with meeting people in person and you don't get, like, rusty? I don't know. I mean, they're kind of two different things. So, I mean, at one point, maybe you find equilibrium in this application dating space, but that's not tenable for outside of that system, right? So I I don't know. Um, I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. It is tough. Because, yeah, I feel like, you know, if you are only going on, like, one date every two, three months, each of those dates, maybe you're going to psych yourself out because you're like, oh, my God, I haven't been on a date in so long. And now I feel all this pressure. And I guess this kind of gets back to what you're saying about it, minimalizing the importance as you go on more. But I think there's a balance to strike. Like, you don't want them to be so rare that you're putting this person on a pedestal because you're like, wow, I haven't had a date in so long. But you also don't want it to be like so frequent where you're like, oh, it's just another date. It literally doesn't matter to me. So I think the most important thing is like, what is a date? Hmm. Like, what is the expectation of a date? I think 
once you understand what the expectation of a date is, then all the other stuff is just, it comes natural. Like, mm. so you can meet someone online, we're going on a date, but maybe one person wants to sleep with you and the mm. other ones just want to have coffee. Yeah. Like, so regardless, like, you're going to have to calibrate yourself to the expectation of the other person. Mm-hmm. So yeah, whether it's outside of the app space or within, you still have to do that work. So two or three months, I mean, two or three times a month, like they're not all the same Yeah, because they all have different, they could all have different expectation. So regardless, even if I'm going on a date every week or a couple of times a week, there's varying degrees of expectation, which will lead to varying degrees of outcomes. So we can't treat each one of these dates as the same because there's a subset of outcomes given the expectation that we see. You're right. Right? So the argument of for a particularly female person be on the apps to kind of like, you know, get their mojo or whatever. (laughs) Like, I don't know. I'm sure that there's some sort of truth to it. But there's so many different ways that it can go that I don't think that one would be looking at how that works. Like, mm. to put it in geek speak, looking at the probability distribution of how <laughs> the expectations can manifest, right? Yeah, like, yeah. That, I don't think someone's doing that. You're right. I guess, yeah, I, I was looking at it more of a broad sense of, oh, practice is practice, but I guess you are right. Like, you're going to behave in different situations according to what, you know, the vibe of the date is, what the expectation of the date is how far along things are so 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 my question to you like what is a date like what what like what is a date like is a date just (laughs) like hanging out with someone and like what is a date wow that is an existential question that i feel like has plagued (laughs) so many situationships and like friend zones i mean i feel like if someone's just like hey do you want to come over and hang out and we're not already established that we're dating seriously. I don't count that as a date. So actually, it's funny. Denzel gave me so much shit for this once. So I was talking about one of my former students. So she's younger. I think she's probably 22 now. So I see myself as like kind of a mentor to her sometimes. She was telling me about this guy for their first date after meeting on the app. He like picked her up and they got in and out, took it back to his place and then they smoked. And I was like, that... (laughs) is you should have said no i was i told her i was like you need no you deserve better than that and that's because i feel like if someone's truly interested in you and interested in getting to know you maybe i'm a little more old-fashioned i feel like there should be more courtship than that that's not courtship at all it was the first interview and denzel (laughs) was like why would she expect more like they're 21 22 To me, the connotation is just like, oh, this is just a casual thing. And if you're looking for a casual thing, cool. But I think she wanted a relationship. Like, she seemed more relationship-minded. And for me, it wasn't like, oh, he didn't spend enough money. Because Denzel was like, what, you expect, like, a steak dinner when he's probably broke? And no, I was like, I don't know. (laughs) Right? We really went back and forth on this for a while. And I was like, if he had like, you know, picked her up and like taken her to get in and out and then they like ate it at a nice park and like he brought some wine or something and like, 
<laughs> the faces you're making are really like indicative of how Denzel clearly felt. This conversation was like over text, so I didn't get to see his reactions, but I can only imagine. I don't know. I just am like, that's not a date. So I would say it is a date. I would say it's a shitty date, but it's a date nonetheless. Okay. And she participated in it. Yeah. And so one of like my whole like life mantras is you have to write your story. You have to be the author of your story. You can't just sit there and participate. You can't just be a boat on the waves <laughs> and just let the current take you where. I mean, you can do that, but you can't like complain about the outcome. Well, right. the thing is, she wasn't complaining. I was complaining oh, so on her behalf. Like she, she sounded like she enjoyed the date, right? Like, oh, he got she me a double-double, was... put some animal style on <laughs> Like, and then he had some fat nugs and like, all right, cool. Like, I think she was fine with it. I think, and I do think that, you know, you should be an active participant in your life. I can only speak to myself, but I do think some other women early on in the dating process, like when I was in college, no one took me out on dates. I think sure. there were like two things that I would have been like, oh, this was actually a date. Like, I can literally count them and so when i did start to date after college i was like okay like the guy is supposed to ask the girl out you know then i was way more traditional and i was kind of like that floating boat that was just kind of going along to be like oh well i don't really know what to expect and i'm not going to plan the date i'm not going to ask him out so i think i just kind of told her that just so she kind of knows she doesn't have to expect that as a date. And like, sure, sure, sure. she can set a higher standard for her if that's what she wants. If she was like, this right. was the best date and he was a great guy. It sounded like he was kind of like a shitty guy and like, wasn't looking for the same thing she was. Expectation. Yes. Probability distribution. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Misalignment of expectations. Yeah. Right. I mean, and that's what it boils down to. I don't think that that should not be construed as a date. It's a date. You're right. It is a shitty date, but it's, it's still just, a date. It's just a shitty one. Especially they met on a dating app. Like, yeah, it's like what, what do you expect? Like, that that's the thing. Yeah. Like, it's how, how can you expect more? It could have been less. That's the cool <laughs> thing. That's the cool thing about it, right? Like, it could have yeah. been, it could have literally been less. Instead yeah. of in and out, you could have had McDonald's. Damn. Right? Perspective. He didn't even have to take you to the house on the couch to smoke. He could have just put you on a park bench, not even brought you to the house. And, I would rather the and park make you bring bench. your own weed. I would rather the park bench personally. Well, sure. The connotation, the what? implication of taking her True. back to his place. Fair point. And he said, "Look, oh, you ain't smoking on my weed. Like what? If it, like <laughs> think about it. Like it could always be worse, right? So it could always be worse. At the end of the day, it's like it's just expectations and figuring out what the other person has in mind mm-hmm. and." Honestly, as a person up front, like, you should be figuring out what that is before you even go on a date. That's true. Yeah. I think it's like, you know, it's easier as you become a more experienced dater. So it's not like I blamed her and I was like, how would you? Exactly. Yeah. So it's like, that's why I'm like, I'm glad she told me and we can have this conversation so that then she can reflect and be like, did that meet my expectation or did I just kind of go along with it? And look, to be fair, at 21, maybe that was her expectation. Maybe. Exactly. And then... 31-year-old her or 41-year-old her, if she's still dating, maybe, like, that's not going to cut it. Well, I am here to make her as, like, bougie and stuck up as I am. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But. Hey, so, I like the bougie part. My wife watches Real Housewives of Atlanta, mm-hmm. and I think it's Candy. She'd be saying she's bougetto. <laughs> like, I think I'm bougetto. So, I grew up in City Heights, right? Mm-hmm. 
And, you know, like, I don't come from money, but, you know, I'm doing a little something now. And, like, there's, like, just certain things where it's just like, nah, I kind of you have to elevate that yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Like, we can't do that. Like, we don't do that no more. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, so, no, I, I, I get it. It boils down to expectation. It does. I agree. I agree. Yeah. And like some people have different expectations and that's totally fine. It's just a matter of being like, if this is something I don't want to compromise on, then we're not a match. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's okay to say no. Yeah. It's okay to be discerning. Yep. I don't want to make sweeping generalizations, but I'm going to make one. Mm -hmm. And I have absolutely no data to back this up. Disclaimer. But I think... This is probably one of the things that separates people who are more successful in their lives than yes. those who are not. Yep. Those are people who can say, like, look, that's not for me. Yep. Yep. I expect more. Or, like, nah, you're not on this level yet. Yeah. Right? Like, it, it's almost like, almost arrogance, but it's not. Like, because mm-hmm. arrogance is like when you think you're more important than what you actually are. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I've been called arrogant a lot of times. Well, not a lot, but you know. <laughs> I'm like, interesting. <laughs> and, and, and I would always come back saying, no, I'm not because I know what I am and I know what I'm not. Mm-hmm. People who don't have confidence or they're not used to displays of confidence think someone else is arrogant. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. There's a thin line between confidence and arrogance, there is, right? There is. But I would contend with all my heart that I am not. I don't think like I'm the best, yeah. whatever. Like, I just know that I'm pretty good at some things yeah. and whatever the case may be. So it's really what you're willing to accept. And, mm-hmm. and sometimes we got to look at ourselves and like, what are you willing to accept? And why are you being so thirsty? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. don't thirst so much. Nourish yourself. Mm-hmm. Give yourself some water. Yeah. Don't get that water from someone else. Yeah. It's like you don't need to put so much power into on, someone man. else's hands. That and part. I also, one of the dating podcasts that I listen to, the male host, his name is Jared Freed, and he'll always say, like, a lot of times people will date to be like, if they like me, I like them. What does that mean? It's like a, having a scarcity mindset. Um, if they like me, I like them. Kind of. I just think a lot of times if someone gets to a place where they're like, I just want to be in a relationship, sometimes people might lose sight of, mm. well, is this person actually bringing to the table what I want in a long-term partner? Or are they just a potential partner? So <laughs> I've said this like to my wife and to David, like if I were a single guy now, I do not know if I could be successful in today's game in terms of looking for a long-term like i know i could find a long-term that's not the issue okay the issue is that the system is created in such a way that i understand how this works Mm -hmm. i'm just gonna be like all right well i'm just gonna play until i'm tired of playing and then go find so if someone on the other end is looking for long-term like nah, that's not me but we can play it's asymmetric information. Like, I have more information here than you do. Okay. You think I'm going to be the one, maybe. I'm not <laughs> saying all women are thinking that, but just in a hypothetical situation. Okay. Person B thinks person A, me, is the one. Mm-hmm. I know as person A saying, I'm not looking for the one. Mm. So, I already know you're not the one. Or he may be the one, but it doesn't matter because I'm not looking. You're not there. Yeah. So 
We'll play. And you're hoping to make me the one. But that outcome is not on the it's table. It's not on the table. And so I, it's, okay. like, it's like what you're saying is like, I like what you like. I like you if you like me. Yeah, I like you, but I don't like you like that. And I never will like you like that. But you're going to keep trying to make me like you like that. Mm-hmm. It's not going to work. Yeah. You're going to lose. I feel like what you're describing is like a very analytical description of like a fuck boy or a fuck girl because it Damn, works both does ways. Mean? Only because <laughs> does that mean? when Zeph and like Will interviewed me, sure. they were like, what's your definition of that? Because yeah, like it's so. something I say all the time and I'll, everyone just throws it around. And I was like, that's a great question. And I haven't thought about it. So let me take the time to think about like, how do I define that? Sure. I think a fuck person, let's say is someone who knows what your expectations are, you know? So like in this example, they know that person A wants a relationship. Sure. And maybe they act in a way that's like, yeah, like I could be that person. Then they don't say it explicitly. Or opposingly, sometimes they'll say like, oh, well, you know, like I told them I didn't really want anything, you know? And so they're like, I've absolved myself of guilt. I don't owe this person anything. And I'm going to continue... I don't know. Maybe leading them on is the wrong term. Because in the case of when you say, I've already told them, like, I don't want anything, you're not leading them on. But you just kind of have, like, no guilt about continuing to date them, knowing that their expectations differ from yours. Yeah, like, why why would I have guilt? I guess I take it back. I would say a fuckboy <laughs> is the person who the, goes out of their way to lead someone yes, on. I, I, I like yeah. that part. Yeah. The second one, I, I feel like that's just a person who's really good at communicating. And the other person is not receiving the message. You're right. Like, it's like, yeah, no, yeah. I told you on multiple occasions, like, this is cool. Anything more than this is not cool. Yeah. I'm not doing that. And you're like, no, but I love you. It's like, <laughs> why do you love me? Like, I'm not going to give not you, giving you what you want. What, what you want. Like, yeah. you're coming from, you're coming from a place of need. Yeah. And you're hoping that I can fulfill that for you. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is like all the things that you need as a person come from within you. Yep. You can't look for someone else to make you feel better. Okay. You can only look for someone to compliment you. Yeah. Not to. So my wife said, oh, this was like, like maybe 15 years ago. Oh. My wife said to my mom, said, hey, Roland completes me. Mm-hmm. She said, No. Yes, your mom again with the well, wisdom. She said, you want someone who compliments you. Not completes, not completes you. you. Yeah. Like, straight up. It's true. I fully agree with that. So, like, that's how I feel. Like, at the end of the day, you are you. You need to be content with who you are. And if mm-hmm. you're not content with who you are, you need to work towards making yourself content with who you are. Yep. Doesn't mean we're perfect. No. Doesn't mean that at all. What it means, though, is like you are okay with you. Yeah. And once you're okay with you, you can have people come and go out of your life. Mm-hmm. And it will not be deleterious to you. Mm-hmm. When your identity is involved with someone outside of yourself, when they leave, you lost a piece of you. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So when we're talking about this situation right here with an individual, male or female, is like, look. I don't love you like that. Yeah. Or maybe like, I mean, I love you, but I'm not, I'm not looking for that. Mm-hmm. And you're sticking around hoping that they change their mind. And then you have all these frustrations that come from that. You start lashing out mm-hmm. in various ways, right? Doing childish shit. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 
stirring up issues and all these things like that's on you yeah that's not on them no does jamie by chance watch the bachelor or bachelorette she does but she doesn't watch it like 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 regularly yeah like she she watched it with david oh like david likes watching this stuff yeah 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 The only reason I bring it up is because there was a hot topic in the finale that recently happened. I'll give you the summarized version, but it really touches on a lot of the things that you just mentioned, where this guy, a lot of people thought he would win. He had a great bond with the Bachelorette. Mm -hmm. He was going through some grief. His dad had passed away. Like, you know, his own family was like, Greg hasn't really opened up about this. Like, he hasn't really been himself since our dad passed. He hasn't really addressed this within himself. And... At one point after the lead meets his family, he says, like, you filled a hole in me that, like, has been open since my dad died. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, yikes. Huge red flag. Like, that's, A, way too much pressure to put on a partner. Also, like, you've been dating her for six weeks and it's not even a Relax. real six weeks. <laughs> Relax. Yeah. And it's like, you need to do that work to fill that hole yourself mm-hmm. so that you can then be a full partner rather than relying on this person to be a whole person and supplement what you're lacking. Anyway, she responded poorly. I think I might have responded poorly to that. I think it's easy to watch it and be like, ooh, that was so awkward. But like, maybe if you're kind of taken aback by that and you're in a competition where you still have other people, you might respond in a way that's less than ideal, which she did. But it's like she still had other relationships. And so I think she tried to backtrack and she like she responded in a way that didn't directly address it. He freaks out. And wanted her to basically say, like, yeah, you're it. You're the one. Blah, blah, blah. But it's like, well, she's still the Bachelorette. Six weeks? It was, I guess, eight weeks. My God. But it's also like, you're not spending the entirety of that eight weeks with her. She's trying to balance, at the beginning of this, 30 other guys. And long story short, he freaks out. And I guess she kept trying to say, like... You're going to make it to the next round. You're a front runner. And he was like, I don't want to be spoken about in terms of this competition. Like, for me, this is a real thing. But for her, it's like, you knew what the expectation was when you signed up. And now you're expecting me to break that expectation and forget about the fact that we're on a TV show. That's a competition. I have so much to say about this. So, like, yes, first and in. foremost, like, shout out to him for putting skin in the game. Like, he said mm-hmm. it was real. He let it out there. Where he messed up was expectation he had misaligned expectations Mm -hmm. he allowed the moment to get away from him yeah and from what you're telling me he had to fill a void and honestly it could have been anyone yeah not her right a woman that you know for eight weeks in front of cameras and you're in this vulnerable state he couldn't pull himself back far enough to separate the trees from the forest. It's mm-hmm. too close. Yeah. Right? So you can see the big picture and you're like, look, bro, like maybe <laughs> you feel this way just simply where you are in your life and how this conjured like environment where they give you all the free flowing alcohol yeah. and the most fancy of accommodations, you know, like, yeah, yeah of course it's you're magical. Gonna, it's yeah. meant for you to fall in love. Exactly. And you are in a horrible state. Mm-hmm. And I feel bad that you couldn't see this. Mm-hmm. But, bro, you got played. And you couldn't. And who's this? NBC that does this? ABC. ABC? Shame on them. <laughs> like, no, like, real talk. Like, 
they they knew this about this man, and they're like, oh, this is going to be great I mean, TV. they do that every season. They That's prey on people. That's a cold game. It's messed up. Yeah, I think the more trauma it, you have. Eating popcorn and shit, and like, oh, man. I mean, this I, is going to be a train wreck. I could do a whole it. podcast about yeah, it, but like the last lead, he had an estranged relationship with his dad, didn't tell him his dad was going to come on the show, and like we're watching this conversation with like, him and his dad that's deeply personal about how he abandoned their family. And I was Whoa. like, this is not supposed to be happening in and front they of aired it. Yes. Grimy. Grimy. Like Super. ABC Savage. Yeah. Super. Yeah. Mm-mm. Yeah, so they love people with baggage. But again, I feel like hopefully people are going into it being self-aware enough at this point. Like it's the franchise has been going on for Obviously a while. Not. <laughs> obviously not obviously not everyone thinks they're different everyone thinks they're different until they're not yeah and they're the same because everybody's human yeah there's only so much range that you can operate in yeah and only so many people can be exceptional mm-hmm. right so what makes you think you're going to be the exceptional one we're millennials <laughs> just saying so Kind of, you know, going back to this theme of sure. having skin in the game. I know you mentioned that it's actually based on a book. Or it's not based on the book. It's the title of a book. Yeah. So I have not read the book. I think I would love to read it and, like, dive into the philosophy behind it more. But I would love to hear kind of a summary of what the author is getting at. And is he actually applying it to dating in this book? Or is no, it just something you've just extrapolated it's about it finance dating? and derivatives. But the overall is, like, look. Don't listen to people who who don't have any risk mm-hmm. in terms of the outcome. Yeah. Or take advice from those people, mm-hmm. right? So only people who take risk mm-hmm. are people you should probably listen to or emulate or whatever. Other folks, don't pay them any mind. Okay. So when we're talking about dating, right, this is why I kind of apply in broad strokes the tenets of skin in the game to dating. It's like... When you're in an application, like, how much risk is there? Outside of, like, you know, like, your personal security risk and all these things. Like, you don't know who that person is. But you don't know that in the real world either, right? So you can't eliminate those risks given our current paradigm, right? But when you're online, it's like, eh, just push a button. That's it. Like, the barrier to entry, entry being... A meeting with someone is really low. Yeah. Like, you just push a button, right? Or, or throw a rose, <laughs> right? Like, right? Or yeah. whatever they do in the league, sign a contract, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. it's very low. So, in real life, you have to talk to someone mm-hmm. and you have to risk them saying yes or no. Yeah. And so, what you wind up doing is figuring out how to mitigate those risks. Mm -hmm. So you get better in terms of maybe your appearance Mm -hmm. or the way that you first strike up that conversation. Yeah. Instead of doing some cat calls, you say, hi, my name is so-and-so or whatever the case may be, Mm -hmm. right? It's much different. If it's in person, maybe like, hey, yeah, I would like to smash them, but They've already piqued my interest, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And now it's more like this dance that is happening. So does paying for the apps count as sufficient skin in the game? Or I could play devil's advocate because I could be like, yeah, maybe that is enough. But then maybe 
it's only a skin in the game to kind of get you to be like, well, I'm paying for this, so I might as well use it like a gym membership. But then when you get to the individual interactions, you still don't have skin in the game. I think it depends on how much money you have. Mm, Like, how much is that app? Like membership costs like twenty bucks a month. Um, like twenty to thirty, I would say. I mean, what is that? A pizza? You know, yes, but I even yesterday on this forum, I think for someone they were saying Hinge was now up to thirty bucks a month, and they mm. were like, "I feel like it's crazy to pay that amount." And I'm like, "Is it crazy if you're like looking for a life partner?" Which this person, based on their post, was. I was like, "But they're not." Because they're not willing to spend $30. <laughs> like, think about that. They're not willing to spend $30. Yeah. So they're not looking for a life partner. They say they're looking for a life partner. A date costs more than $30. Yeah. So what you talking about? That's, yeah, it's pretty bizarre. And I interviewed, I don't know if you've met Chris Best, David's friend, yeah. probably over the years. Yeah, we, we've wrapped. We were wrapping in Mexico together. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, fun. This well, cool. his episode was really great. Like he talked about the economics of dating apps sure. and why it's worthwhile to pay for it. Actually, like a couple people were like, after I listened to that episode, I like started paying because it was so compelling. And it really just kind of shows not only like why it's important from your own investment perspective, but also in terms of the opportunities that it opens up. I mean, I'm not going to go as far as saying opportunities and all that stuff. I will say it does get rid of the riffraff. Like, like a lot of things are low hanging fruit, right? Mm-hmm. So if I told you, you pay a hundred dollars a month, and I guarantee you, I can set you up with the best men with the best intentions, mm-hmm. and you'll have the time of your life. Whatever that means to you, mm-hmm. would you pay it? Yeah. All right. So it's to the extent that the apps are from a company can deliver those things. Yeah. When I say a hundred dollars. There's a lot of people who are not paying $100. But for what you described, I feel like $100 to be like, oh, for $100, you'll get your profile in front of more people is really what the promise is. It's not more people, it's the right people. So I think about it like this. So I do a lot of marketing analytics, right? Mm-hmm. And some of the things we do are like direct mail. And so oftentimes people say, hey, you know, we need to get whatever product it is in front of as many people as possible. Mm -hmm. I say, no, 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 no. That's not what you should do. Mm -hmm. You should get it in front of as many of the right people as possible. Yeah. Right? Because when you put it in front of everybody, not everybody's your audience. No, you're right. So you actually dilute, like, your conversion is going to look super low. Yeah. Right? But if you make it smaller, you start converting at a higher clip. Right? Yeah. So that's what the $100 would be. It's like, let's put you in front of the right people. I agree, but I don't think the apps have the capability to promise that. And I think to a degree, they can say, I'm sure there are so many more analytics on the back end that we don't know about, about this person has the highest swipe rate. And so if you're paying and you're a paid customer and you're spending X amount a month and we'll put you in front of this profile, that's clearly desirable from like a swipe ratio or something like that. So I think in that regard, yes, that could be seen as the right person. But I think the only thing the apps can promise when you pay is you will have access to more people, but you don't know if it's the right people because the app, as much as they think they know you, they definitely don't. And anyone who's signed up for Hinge, they have this thing called most compatible. And let me tell you, most compatible is literally the most humbling 
thing you can experience where every day you'll open up the app and it'll show you a profile of someone where like, we think you'll be compatible with this person based on the people you've liked and based on the people they've liked. I have never seen a most compatible who I've wanted to match with. I've always been like deeply offended. (laughs) (laughs) So like, so I have a question for you. Yeah. Why, 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 why are you so offended? Like what, like what, Made you like F you hinge. I will say, and I, this is shallow, but dating apps are inherently shallow. I was never attracted to them. And it was never to the point where like, you know, you have the prompts. I'll always read everyone's prompts. And so if someone has great prompts and like our sense of humor is really vibe, then yeah, I would swipe on someone who maybe I wouldn't be checking out if I saw them on the street. What's a great prompt though? Okay, well, we're going to get to that. Spoiler alert. But I think, you know, it it just depends on like what your interests are. Because to some people, a great prompt might be, I'm really putting a lot of effort into this and taking it very seriously. And I'm going to make that known. I didn't take that approach, even though I wasn't looking for something casual. I was like, I want to be a little more lighthearted about this and more realistic about what this is. And the fact that like, I don't know, we're not going to know if we're soulmates right away. So let's have some fun and see if we can enjoy a drink together. So if I saw some prompts that like made me laugh or I'm like this person shares my sense of humor, then maybe I would have been like, okay, they're not my type, but I'll look past it. I just never saw a profile where I was A, physically attracted to them or B, where the profile prompts were enough to like overcome that lack of attraction. Sure. Hmm. And I've heard this from other people. Like, it's not just me. I feel like everyone is deeply upset by the most compatible. So I don't really know what this... I mean, maybe there are really, really hot people on the app. And Hinge is really, like, only the hot people are getting the other hot people as their most compatible. I don't know. So you just mentioned something that probably why I would also rather be in person rather than (laughs) the applications, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know... I got dad bod. I'm not the dude who's sitting on Muscle Beach or whatever, like doing any of that. So in some ways, I would say I'm at a disadvantage. But when I'm in person, like it's all the other things that mm-hmm. do not translate over digital. Like, yeah, I smell great all the time. Oh. Like I have a lot of niche fragrances, for Ooh. instance, right? Or the way that my height and build mm-hmm. like present yeah right? yeah or or things like that like it's the nuances mm-hmm. right like the sum is better than the individual parts, yes right? love that so, like, yeah it's that whereas when you have a profile it's just that's it i agree right and so you might be a person who can contribute greatly to someone's life mm-hmm. however it doesn't translate over digital it doesn't always right so yeah. Again, you just get swiped over because you didn't translate well on digital. And so this goes back to the numbers game because it's all about optimizing for the digital landscape Mm -hmm. and not for the in-person interaction. Mm -hmm. Because if I get enough in the digital landscape, I can convert in real life. Yeah. That's it. All the digital pieces is just using the right bait. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. That's all it is. And I completely agree with that because I used to say on the podcast, like the first three serious relationships I had, I met them all in person. And why'd you stop? That's a great question. But for those three, (laughs) it was like, I 
was self-aware enough to be like, if I saw them on an app, I don't think I would have swiped right. And that's no shade of like, I'm not saying they're ugly. Obviously, I was attracted to them. But to your point, I think the attraction, it would be something like, like, I really like the way he treats me or like, I think he's really intelligent. And it's like, those things aren't always like immediately translatable and also i'm like none of these guys were being on social media so i can just guess they wouldn't necessarily have like the most appealing profile you know like they don't have that type of social presence where they're going to be like this picture of me looks great like this is the best one to put up so to get to your question of why i stopped it's not that i stopped because to be honest like i think in my main period of time between relationship number two and relationship number three that's when i was like dating the most so i was going on a ton of dates on the apps But I was also going out a lot and trying to meet people there. I even joined a rec football league to try and meet guys doing that. And it just like never really happened. Like I met one or two people in person, but most of the dates I went on were just people I met on the apps. Why do you think the things in person didn't translate? Well, I think there's something to be said about like meeting people at bars. So I feel like oftentimes I'd go and I'd like talk to guys, but it didn't convert into anything serious. Sure. Is that really a place to meet people though? Like, do you really want to like your future person be like an alcoholic? Well, as I'm somebody who goes to bar. bars, <laughs> like, I don't think everyone like is bars. an alcoholic. No, no, no. I like bars. We more likely have alcoholics at bars and I disagree because it's like if you're going to a sad bar where it's like all you do is drink. Yeah, but if you're going to a bar where it's like there's activity and people are dancing and like there's a fun vibe, I feel like like a club. No, I'm not a clubber. So I would say there's like bars that you can go to where it's like people are not alcoholics. Like maybe they drink a little too much, but there's like a difference between oh I overindulged this one day and I have a hangover versus like this is my personality trait and I'm an alcoholic. Sure. All right, fair enough. But um no, I agree. It's hard to meet people at bars. And so I think it was like this weird loop where I would go out and I would hope to meet someone in person because I was like I would love to meet someone in person versus on the app. And so oftentimes if I didn't meet someone that night you know, if it was just a subpar night otherwise, I'd be like, this night was a failure. Expectation management is like yeah. the number one thing. It's true. And so that was just like a period of time where I think I was burnt out on online dating. Sure. And so I was relying more heavily on like, well, maybe I'll meet someone in person and was just overly weighting the likelihood that that would actually happen. Sure. So yeah, it wasn't like the best point in time. But I will say, you know, Even for people who love meeting people in person, like we are still kind of in a pandemic. And so it's like for a lot of people, like there isn't really even the option of meeting people to the degree that they would. Or even if you're going out, I feel like there's a different type of interaction where people might be less comfortable just like approaching a stranger in an intimate way. Like, I do not envy any of the single people right now. (sighs) I don't know. That's a tough one. I guess that's hard. Yeah. I mean, look, at the end of the day, you're a human. You want that interaction. You want that action, mm-hmm. right? So how do you do that in a pandemic? It's really hard. Like, it's, yeah, do it's you just tough. bite the bullet and just say, like, fuck it? Like, you know, or, yeah. or like, yeah, that's, that's tough. Yeah. It's tough. It is really tough. Yeah, I, that, that part is tough. Um and that online doesn't really help it either. No. I think you got to utilize your network. Like, I think that that's what that is. Like, yeah. reach out to a friend. It's like, hey, so uh, I heard you got a cousin. <laughs> like, 
what's popping with her, mm-hmm. right? Or whatever. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know. Yeah. I heard a story. Actually, my friend told me this. He met a girl on an app, and she was down to smash. But she said, the caveat is, if we're going to smash, you got to keep your mask on. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> I'm not lying. I swear to you. This is what he told me. I was like, stop it. What? Like, no, absolutely. What did he do? What do you think he did? He smashed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm vaccinated. Like, all right, fine. If this wow. Is, that's what it takes. That's so awkward. It's like pretty woman, but like pandemic style. No kissing on the mouth. KN95. Wow. <laughs> Bring your protection. Bring your condoms okay. and your KN95. I mean, I can imagine she's like, look, you don't got to bring nothing. I got the condoms and the mask. Just come over. Wow. I'll see you outside. I'll give you your PPE. Let me take your temperature. Yeah, let me take your temperature. (laughs) Have you had these symptoms in the past 24 hours? Oh, my God. Have you been exposed to COVID? No? All right. Please Please enter. More ways than one. Now you can go into the restroom and get yourself ready. Oh, my God. Yeah. The pandemic got people acting crazy. It really does. I'm like, I'm just imagining that. I'm like, it just seems so clinical and not sexy at all. It's not designed to be sexy. That's not what it's for. It's to satisfy a need. expectation. Yeah. It's expectation. <laughs> like, at the end of the day, it's like, look, this is the expectation. Yeah. If you're looking for a romance, this is not the place to be. You're in the wrong spot. Yes. This is to help my craving. Yeah. That's it. It's a transaction. It's a transaction. Damn. It's a cold game. You know, I have not, maybe people I know who this would have happened to just haven't told me, but I don't know anyone who's encountered that. So that's really interesting. Oh, with the mask? Yeah. Um, I mean, you probably have to go back to 2020. Yeah. And like nowadays, but I'm like, no one was confiding in me like last year about that either. Because they don't want to sound super thirsty. That's that's, that's true. Like, that's so thirsty. Like, oh. <laughs> uh, hey, I just knocked on a... Look, man, I just had to... Come on now. Oh, my God. I'm like, like, bro, you risk COVID-19. Like, just to get laid. We wore a mask. Maybe they did it doggy style so there's no face-to-face. Actually, actually, that was part of it, too. Damn. I'm not lying. He told me, like, that's... And she dictated that also? Yeah, there was no missionary. Wow. There was no cowgirl, whatever. It was <laughs> faces away. That's what it was. Like, I, I promise you. <laughs> like, what does the foreplay look like? There is none. There is none. <laughs> okay. It's... My expectations are not aligned with theirs, clearly. It is a mask. It's a pandemic. Wild times. Yeah. Life has changed. It really has. Life has changed. That's all all it is. Life has changed. Wow. It's a cold game. It is. So, okay. In addition to like the pandemic, obviously making online dating a necessity for people who are single for a while. Sure. I feel like it is just kind of here to stay. You know, like I don't foresee a world in which online dating diminishes. Like, obviously, I think everyone ideally wants to meet someone in person, but... We've already talked about like a lot of the negatives of online dating and the ways that it impacts behavior and can minimize the investment level, like kind of the humanization of the people you're matching with. But if someone's like, all right, I get all of that. I'm still here to online date. It's kind of a necessity in addition to whatever in-person efforts I'm doing. What would be your recommendation for how to minimize those negatives? Invest in communicating. So understanding how to communicate effectively to other people. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. 
because that helps you communicate the expectation. Mm -hmm. Become a master at reading nonverbal cues. Mm. So you know what if I should invest further in this interaction mm-hmm. before it's the end of the night. Like yeah. if we're here and let's go back to the in and out example. If he's like, oh, you know, like you communicate up front. So what do you have in mind for us today? Oh, you know, I'm thinking of going, getting some in and out and then maybe we can go back to my place. Oh, so what would we be doing at your place? I don't know. Just maybe smoke a little bowl and hang out. I'm like, <laughs> okay, well, what would happen if I didn't want to do that? Mm-hmm. Or just ask questions. Or what if we did something different? Would you be open to that? Like, communicate those things. And shout out to your girl. I'm not saying that she yeah. didn't do any yeah, of those things. What I'm saying is you have to drive that. And you don't want to just be someone who's on a boat, on yeah. the ocean. Yeah, yeah. Letting the waves, the, the tide take you wherever you go. It's true. You have to be a person who drives this. And you can only drive it effectively if you can communicate and understand the nonverbal cues that people are giving you. Yeah. So then you can align your expectation mm-hmm. to what you really see, what you really observe, yeah. rather than what you want to see yeah and what you want to happen yeah like rather than projecting your expectations onto somebody else i see okay and do you think that that same advice applies to also just kind of like meeting higher quality people as a whole higher quality people is kind of like a i don't know what that means that's true it's super subjective because that means different things to different people i guess i mean Higher quality matches for whatever you're looking for. Like matches that are more aligned with whatever you're looking for. It sounds like yes, yes right? Because then that, that goes back because to the communication. Because you communicate what yeah. you're looking for. Yeah. Okay. And here's the thing. Like we talked about the example where you communicate what you're looking for and the other person on the other end is like, okay, but I'm going to make you more than this. Mm-hmm. That's not on person A. Yeah. Yeah. So. You're right. I don't feel bad that you were trying to make this more than what it is. Mm-hmm. I told you. Yeah. But that's because person B was not being receptive to the messages that were given. So regardless of how well I'm communicating, I could also see the nonverbal cues yeah. and verbal cues yeah. of where this is going to go. So if you're person A, it's incumbent upon you to be like, all right, I already know where this is going to go. <laughs> this person is may low-key turn to a stalker <laughs> or I may wind up breaking their heart yeah. or whatever. And you have to ask yourself if you're okay with that. Yeah. That's if fair. you are, because you did everything, you did your due diligence and so mm-hmm. did it. That's true. Right? So, but if you're not, then move on do something else. Yeah. Yeah. It's like if you realize that you're not aligned and someone else is refusing to pick up what you put down, then you right. just have to decide if you want to extract yourself from the situation. And neither way is wrong. Yeah. You're like right. Some people would say like, oh, that's not right. You know that they're doing this. Like, look, yeah, you can save somebody from themselves, but ultimately it is a responsibility. You can't absolve people from being responsible they have agency too mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. so it's like come on now like yeah at some point you have to be responsible too right yeah. like you're as active a participant in this absolutely yeah takes two to tango yada yada whatever we, yep whatever insert saying, idiom here yeah <laughs> it, yeah, yeah absolutely precisely i feel like that's a great advice and i wanted to end with one final game 
Sure. And so I mentioned that we were going to get to what makes a good prompt. And I know that mm. you are unfamiliar with the prompts because you haven't been <laughs> on the dating apps. Right. So for Hinge, I don't know, they probably have dozens of prompts, maybe like three, four dozen you can choose from. And they're just designed to be conversation starters. I think they're kind of nice because it takes the pressure off of like writing a clever bio. You can just come up with like three clever one-liners that show your personality even better, if not like equally to the bio. So since you've never had to experience the joy of online dating, I thought it would be fun to give you some dating app prompts and have you respond rapid fire. Rapid fire. So whatever comes to mind first, I know for everyone who's written a dating profile, like a lot of times we'll like text our friends or like consult a group to be like, is this a good answer? None of that. Just whatever comes to mind first. And you can elaborate after if you'd like to explain, but just would love to hear what comes to mind for each of these. All right. Disclaimer. People out there, don't think I'm a weirdo when I say some off shit <laughs> and some off color because we're going <laughs> rapid, rapid fire. fire. So, yeah. And I try to be very transparent, so I might just say some wild stuff. I might not. So, let's set the expectation. So, it might happen, it might not. There we go. <laughs> All right. Okay. So, um, and I am just going to read them exactly how Hinge writes them. So, it's just you answering this question for yourself. All right. A random fact that I love is blank. Ooh, I, love, I don't love random facts like that's. I feel like you would. Like, I feel like uh, you would have some random facts. Random fact: um, the the glands in a beaver's butthole taste like raspberry. Who found that out? Or um, actually, so one of my favorite scents actually comes from civet musk, and civet musk is like a gland, and. Uh, like a civet, which is like a yeah. cat, an East African cat. Yeah. So basically, the glands inside of animals' butts smell good. Really? Yeah. That's, that's a random fact. Wait, <laughs> like, but to backtrack to the beaver one, you said it tastes like raspberry? I think so. That That's originally, I may be wrong, but <laughs> I, I think that that was the original thing that like raspberry flavoring came from like wow. beaver anus. Wow. That's wild. And I love I'm it. So curious to know who was the first person to divulge. I'm not mad at them. Like, put they did us all a Oh my like, God. And they had a shit eating no. grin like, this is amazing. Like, that's why I love this fact. See, yeah. you thrusted this upon me. I did. So I didn't expect to come in so hot from no, number one, but you said the hot. expectation. Wow. All right. That's a great Beaver one. Beaver ass. <laughs> Groceries. All We're day. off to a strong start. All day. Okay. The dorkiest thing about me is blank. Mm. I got no dork in me. Everyone because, has dork in them. No, I think everything I do is cool. Like, so, like, <laughs> so I would say, like, okay, I, co- I collect fragrances. Is that dorky? I feel like it, it can be whatever you think it is. So, yeah. I don't yeah. think it's dorky, though. I think it's cool. That so, is like, cool. Yeah, it's not uh, that dorky. I feel like you're, tr- you're like, humble bragging. It's like when someone asks you, what's your worst uh, quality in a job interview? I care too much. Exactly. I care too much. When I see a child just <laughs> who hasn't eaten in days, I buy their whole family, like, a month's worth of food. Yeah, I yeah. I feel like there has um, to be something that you're, no, like, a little embarrassed see. about. Embarrassed? Not um, embarrassed, but like maybe that you don't tell people unless you know them a little better. Oh, no, I'm pretty open. Okay, that's like, I'm, that's pretty like, clear. I I'm guess. pretty like there's really nothing there. Like if you were to 
ask me like something like straight up like you don't think I would I'm like no I'll tell you okay yeah so okay I'll give you an example sure and I don't think that this I'm not embarrassed by this I'll tell people this all day I'll tell it right here on the podcast so when I was a kid I would watch Bill and I which everyone did but I took notes and no one like told me to take notes I just like why is that dorky I think that's cool I agree, but I think that's Black like the excellence. kind of example, right? Yeah. Where it's like... Black excellence. That's true. I'm pretty proud of that. But I mean, I think from a stereotypical definition of being dorky, that is dorky. I don't know. Um, so, shit. I had a chemistry set when I was a kid. Like, Aw, that's like, nice. I, I don't... Yeah, I know what you mean. Because it's not like something you should be embarrassed about. You should yeah, be like, I think I, I think that stuff is cool. So, like, I don't... I don't know. Okay. Okay. I'm sorry. It's fine. Dis- expectations. Yeah. All right. All right. <laughs> We're really spanning the range here in terms of go. these first two answers. I'll let you guys down. No, never. Okay. Weirdest gift I've ever given or received is blank. Ooh. I've received a cock ring. From who? <laughs> shout, out, shout out to Rick. Um, um, the weirdest gift I've given... Oh, I've also received a wig. No, that I used what to. What kind of wig? It's just like a a, a, a brown, straight haired wig, <laughs> and like I used to wear it in my office at my last job. Oh and my god! I would just gosh. like walk around and like. Wait, that's amazing that you yeah. wore it multiple times oh, yeah. at work all the time, and people at the office were like, "What the fuck is this guy doing?" <laughs> and it's like a very serious office. <laughs> Where I don't know anyone, I would just like walk around and like flip my hair. Oh my and I'd be in the break room, people would come in and just look at me and they're just like, Who is this guy? What is this guy doing? Wow. So that was Icon. a weird gift too. So a cock ring and a wig. Weirdest gift? I, I don't know if I give weird gifts. That's fair. So, Honestly, I don't even give gifts. Like I'm not that guy. Not your love language. Not really. All no, right. I, don't, I don't do that because then like I have to give people gifts. I don't want people to feel obligated to give me shit. Interesting. Yeah. And if I'm going to give a gift, it's going to be like really nice. Yeah. 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 Okay. Not weird shit. Yeah. Yeah. It's a waste of money. Agreed. Agreed. Okay. So the next one, my biggest date fail. (laughs) Let's see. I've been out the game for a long time. That's fair. I don't fail. It wasn't really a date though. That was just an encounter. What is a date? To your earlier question. Yeah, what is a date? What is a date? Um, I've had success on. You know why? I'm not gonna. I'm, I'm just see. Here's the arrogance and confidence. Yeah, hundred percent no, no, success no, 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 rate. No, 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 no. I am very judicious about how I set this up, mm. so I don't lend myself to significant failure. Okay. You see what I'm saying? I'm not yeah, saying yeah. like I'm infallible, like I'm like the dating Jesus. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is, you know. There's a saying in the military, proper planning prevents poor performance. Mm-hmm. So if you properly plan, you prevent poor performance. Okay. So that's that's the best I can do. Well, okay. So have there been any where it's not a fail on your part, but maybe it was a fail on your date's part? Yes. Oh. I'm not going to give out who this person was. Fair. When I went on a date, we were supposed to go to, we went to a party and my date got too drunk. And threw up on my shoes. Oh. And I had to take her home. Mm. And it clearly didn't end how it was supposed to end. Yeah. That's embarrassing for her. That sucks. Yeah. It's okay. okay. Yeah, it happens. You know, I assume she was young. Yeah. Yeah. No, this happened last year. 
last <laughs> year. <laughs> Has been married for right. years. Yeah. Yes. Okay, this is a little more deep. Oh, let's do it. The key to my heart is... Ooh. Someone with discerning taste. Ooh. Very yeah, on if, theme for our conversation. If you, if you... If I come to you and I'm like, oh, this is great. You're like, that's trash. And I'll tell you why. And this is what you need. Like, put me on to something. Ooh. Where you're just like, educate me. Then I'm like, oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. Like, put me on. Discerning taste. Or someone who is just like mad interesting. Like mm-hmm. you you had like a gang of different experiences. Or finally, someone who is very in touch. So like, obviously, I'm going to have to shout out my wife right here. Mm-hmm. Loyalty. Mm-hmm. She is the most loyal person that I know that I've ever met. Oh, yeah. Like, that's huge. Like straight up. So... Obviously, that was a key to my heart because I'm still here. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I think, you know, going back to the discerning tastes and the fact that you like someone who will challenge you and give their explanation. Oh, that's my wife, too. Like, challenge all day. Yeah. That is sexy, though, to an extent. It can be. Yeah. Like, not just to do it, not just to be argumentative. Sure. But, yeah, I think if someone has passions and they're not afraid to express them, I think that's nice. And I think... Going back to the whole, oh, like, I'm going to fit into this mold of what someone might want. I think a lot of times people think, oh, someone wants to date someone who shares all of their interests and opinions. That's so boring. Actually, my wife and I, we have very different tastes in things. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that's where it is spicy because, like, we don't have to share all the same stuff. Yeah. I can introduce her to things from my realm. She can introduce me to things from her realm. And... I can appreciate them for what they are yeah. and for what they're not. Yeah. And she can do the same thing for me. Yeah. Right? Like, so I think that that's cool. Yeah. I think it's nice and it keeps things interesting. And it allows for a compare and contrast, right? Mm-hmm. Like, if everything is, like, the same, there's symmetry all the time, then what is there to compare? Honestly. There's There's no rough edges. And there's also right? nothing to, like, even talk about right. at that point. Life happens at the intersections. Mm. Right? Yeah. So you don't have any intersections in... What are you even doing? There's no spice. Yeah. And variety is the spice of life. Yeah. So. That's so true. All right. My last one. No, no, no. We got to have more than one. Like, more than last. Now you got me. You want more? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'll pull up more. Like, like, like three more. Okay. Three more. Okay. So this one, I'm overly competitive about blank. Mm. Overly competitive? That's not me. Oh. It's not me. Nothing. I, I, it's not me. Okay. Actually, I have people who tell me, like, I need to be more competitive. About well, you know, I'm not going to say, like, so I'm not overly competitive about anything. I yeah. can be competitive. Yeah. But I'm not overly competitive. It's too much. Okay. Yeah. I think that's a good answer. And I was getting ready to, like, roast you if you said everything, because I know you wouldn't know this, but that is one of the biggest tropes of guys on dating profiles. Yeah. They'll go the opposite route. They'll be like, I'm overly competitive about everything and, like, think it's a personality trait or no, an attractive you, thing. You're a fucking weirdo. Like, right? Like, relax, guy. Like, yeah. everything's a competition. It's like this weird alpha male persona that I think they're, like, secretly trying to put on. It's no, I bizarre. Don't, I don't. Yeah. I, it, it kills everything. Like, why? Yeah. Like, relax. Like, we can have fun. Yeah. Yeah. Can you calm down? Yeah. Like, if we're playing a game, though, like, I will compete. Oh, yeah. Like, so, if we're playing, like, Settlers of Catan or something, like, oh, yeah. 
I am cutthroat, mm-hmm. but I don't feel like it's overly competitive. I'm just playing to win the game. Yeah, yeah. I'm not like sabotaging you or cheating. <laughs> or yeah. you, know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, absolutely. Like there's no extras being done here. It's just yeah. a regular competition. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. You like, it's not like you don't care, but you don't right. care beyond what's normal. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's no overt like competitiveness. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. That's good. Okay. Best travel story. So many. Ooh. I mean, ooh. Hmm. The best one. So I was robbed in Amsterdam. Wow. So me and my guys were in South Africa, Helensburg. It's not far from Botswana. It's still in South Africa, right? Mm-hmm. I think it's uh, northwest of Johannesburg. Mm-hmm. And so Helensburg National Park. Um, and we're out in the bush. We're seeing all these animals. It's cool, whatever. And so it's pitch dark at night. Like we're we're on our way back to the lodge, and we come across a herd of elephants. It's pitch dark. You don't see anything. You're in the bush, and so we shine the light on the elephants, and the elephants get pissed off. <laughs> like it was a baby, Aww. and the jeep is off. We turn it off so we don't startle them. Yeah. And we're in front. There's a caravan of jeeps behind us, probably about four behind us, and what have you. And the elephants are pissed off, and our <laughs> And our ranger, Dylan, driving the Jeep, he's trying to turn the Jeep back on. The oh. elephants start, like, line up in war formation no. and start charging at us. Oh, my God. That's oh, yeah. not what I would expect. You think they're so peaceful. The hell they are. Like, <laughs> so I like elephants, right? But yeah. these guys, like, we have it on, we have it on video. You don't, if you don't believe it, it's on video. Oh, my God. And so, like, the bull elephant's like, Roo! And he's calling them all together. They line up oh, in formation. Yeah. Okay, like, ladies, now let's get in formation. Yes, like formation. And then they start like marching briskly towards us. Oh my God. That's and terrifying. We're like, Dylan, is this like Dylan was our ranger? We're like, is this like normal? He's like, absolutely not. And oh he's like trying to turn on the Jeep. <gasps> it's like, not turning on. It's not turning on. Of course on. it's and not. And then he honks and flashes the light really quick at the end. And the elephants. At the very end, veer off to the right, off of the road, and into the bush. It was like a warning. They're like, don't do it again. We'll fuck you up. (laughs) (laughs) And they will. And so that's probably the most interesting travel story I have. Wait, so did you continue on the safari? Did you turn back? Absolutely. No, I mean, we had to get back to the lodge. That's true. Yeah. So there was, I mean. What adrenaline. We have on video. I mean, that's epic. Yeah, that's pretty wild. I'm glad that you like thought to video it because I feel like a lot of people would have panicked and like. Oh, like. It, so what's so weird about it is like. And I'm not trying to sound like a tough guy. Like I wasn't scared. Mm-hmm. At, like I had my cousin and my my two homies, like my best homies with me. And well, my two cousins, because Russ is my cousin, too, is my cousin's cousin. Right. Mm-hmm. And. Like. They were scared, and I was just, it kind of felt out of body. Like, I was just like, whoa. Mm, you're so just, like, is, observing. Like, I was like, damn, I'm about to die. Like, this is a crazy <laughs> story. Like, that's how yeah, I was thinking I about it. Like, I was like, whoa. Like, I'm I'm really about to die by being trampled by some elephants. This oh is crazy. Like, there's nothing I can do. I, I yeah, can't get out you, the car and run away. You can't run. You're not going like to outrun There's, legit lions that live out there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. there's lions and hippopotamuses, right? <laughs> and, like, all kinds of other wild animals out there. So, yeah. what are you going to do? Like, you just have to accept anything. it. You just have to accept Damn. it. Damn. That's a, with the force. That's a great travel story. Yeah. So, I almost got died. Oh, almost got died. Almost, 
got trampled by some elephants. Wow. Okay. Mean squad. Me, wow. Well, I'm glad you lived to tell the tale. Yeah, You'll have to show me the video after. Oh, yeah. That's wild. Yeah. All right. One more, unless you want to keep going. Fact about me that surprises people. I was thinking of two truths and a lie like a couple of days ago. Oh. And uh, a fact that surprises. I want to do a humble brag one. That's kind of lame. <laughs> fact that's that I was a rapper for a long time. Yeah. Like maybe that is surprising. Maybe it's not. I don't know. Um, I think given your current career trajectory, yeah, people might be surprised. Like in corporate yeah. America, like a real rapper, like in front of magazines and on publications, like. Well, not like a real, 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 real rapper like <laughs> Billboard, but like, no, I, yeah. I, we did this and, you know, I toured and did stuff like, had some minor international like acclaim. So, Damn. yeah. Damn. Arguably Maybe. how you got Jamie. Yeah. It's not arguable at all. Like, that's, that's how. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. So, maybe that or... I don't know. I've almost died hella times. What else aside from this oh, plenty of times. safari? I've been swept out to sea. What? Um, had the police threaten to murder me. Oh um, my god! I've been in a crazy ass car accident. Wow! Um, oh yeah, like you haven't lived until you almost die. Which one was the scariest of all Ooh. the near death experiences? They're all equally scary. Well, Except not the, the elephants. elephants. The elephants wasn't, but. The car accident was wild. Like, yeah. that was super wild. Um, being swept out to sea was hella scary. Yeah, that's actually one of my worst nightmares. It was in La Jolla. Every time I see a movie about that. In La Jolla? Yeah, me and my brother, we were like 12. Well, I was 12. So he How was old like, is he? Uh, he's 18 months younger than me. So, so like, it was just the two of you 10. out to sea? No, we were like bodyboarding and then like the tide like... Like went back and swept us out, and we couldn't swim very strongly, and then we just saw ourselves like floating further and further away. Oh my god! And the shores getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And you're bodyboarding, so you're not like yes. boogie boarding. You are just swimming. Well, well, no, we were on the boogie board. Excuse oh, me. Oh, okay, yeah. okay, okay. Yeah, and so we're like on this thing, wow. and we're like in the ocean. Yeah, like, it like gets, for real, for real. It I'm gets like, real very quickly. Hella scared. Hella scared. And the Coast Guard had to come, not the Coast Guard, but the, the, the lifeguards <laughs> had to come out and get us. Like, and they swam all the way out there. And, like, we're just like, wow. Like, what if a shark comes and eats us? And, yeah. like, she was wild. Like, How was long were you out there before the lifeguard reached I you? I don't know. I mean, I, I watched guess, like, Yeah, okay, fair. Too long. Fair. Too long. Yeah. So oh that, that was wild. I, I mean, I almost drowned a couple times, choked on a, uh, on a fish bone, <laughs> like, when I was hella little. Oh my like, god. Yeah, I've almost died a gang of times. Like That's nuts. Like a lot of times. Wow. So I feel I maybe it has contributed a lot to my personality. Yeah. Um I'm not really afraid to like just it's just like whatever. Like I almost died all the times. Like it really puts things yeah. into perspective. Yeah, you, you haven't lived until you almost died. I guess I haven't lived because I can't think of any near death experiences. I don't want you to die though. Like you don't it if you can have a near death experience and not die and not have like like irreparable harm to your psyche or yeah. physique, then I recommend. I recommend. <laughs> I recommend. Ten out of ten recommend, recommend. a near death experience. Oh, absolutely. Oh my gosh. Oh, and one more thing. So this wasn't like I almost died because my buddy was piloting the plane, but we fell out the sky in the plane. Like he turned Wait, off. What? The, yeah, because I told him like I said, look. 
I want to learn how to become a pilot. And he's like, all right, for sure. He's a pro pilot in the military. He's like, for sure. Well, one of the things, the last thing they have you do when you're in flight school is you have to pull a plane out of a fall from the sky. Whoa. And they turn off the engine and you say, ah, she's okay, okay, okay. Oh my God. Yeah, that shit was scary. I'm my, I'm actually speechless. That was two years ago. Oh, really? Recent? Yeah, that was recent. It wasn't like, that was pre-pandemic. I feel like that's something where I would hear that story and be like, oh, you did that when you were like 18 and nah. you have no fear. And you're like, no, I was 36. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's impressive. I mean, I feel like we could keep going probably, but we really dove in. And I feel like I have to close out by giving listeners the opportunity to maybe slide in your DMs if they have any follow-up questions. Don't do that. Let's see. So I'm very sparse on social media. I don't have Facebook. I do have a Instagram you can try to follow me. Try. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll accept you. Maybe <laughs> no I promise. I said that expectation. Yeah, but you could send me a message. And if you send me a message and I like it enough, then maybe we can I like follow it and stuff. Like, I, I, I really, <laughs> I, I'm really like beware of like randoms on the internet. But you can find me at row underscore tone uh, on Instagram. I'm on LinkedIn, if that means anything. Like, yeah. if you want to do some professional following, then cool. Um, I don't know why you would want to do this <laughs> after this, but maybe yeah. you want to put me on something. That'd be cool. Uh, so, Roland Tony the third, I think. Oh. Uh, you can find me. It'll be a face of a black dude who's a data scientist. So, like, you'll see <laughs> yeah, you, you can find me. And if you are savvy enough to find my email, more power to you. I'm yeah. not sure if I would respond, but nonetheless, go for it. Respect. Try. Yeah, try it. Shoot your shot. Shoot your shot. Hey, yeah, shoot your shot. Make it a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I will accept your follow requests. I'm public. So you can follow the podcast, as always, at Interstates and Heartbreak on Instagram, or you can follow me at Leslie Nope, L-E-S-L-I-E-G-N-O-P-E. Roland, thank you for a very engaging yeah, conversation. It was awesome. Hopefully you have me back. Yeah. It depends on what the listeners say, right? <laughs> we'll see the feedback. It depends on the ratings. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Thank you so much. Let's be exclusive. Subscribe to Interstates and Heartbreak wherever you listen to podcasts for more firsthand stories about the unglamorous side of dating in Los Angeles. And while you're at it, you can write me a love letter with a rating and review on Apple. See you next Sunday.